Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Telling you, bro. What's been happening, bro? Uh, not too much. Still hitting more Peggy-O's? Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of The Riff Raff. Thanks for tuning in as always. It's a hot, well, I don't know, it's almost August now. Almost finished this tour, it's been going on forever, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And I'm finishing this episode at a beautiful place called the Rosewood Mansion in Dallas, which is, wow, what a nice spot. Uh, let's see, t-shirts, they're all gone. Thank you for buying a t-shirt, those of you that bought one and supporting this. I may do some again at some point, I'm not sure. If you, uh, you know, you're just tuning in, man, there's a lot of episodes out there. I'm almost up to 30. It almost took me two and a half years to do this, but let's get to today's guest. My guest today is Mr. Johnny Neal. Johnny Neal, one of the most brilliant musicians I ever had the pleasure to work with. Known him for well over 20 years. He's a friend, musical mentor. I don't even know how you would describe Johnny. He is, let's see, maybe take Leon Russell and morph him with part of Ray Charles and then maybe inject some Thelonious Monk DNA and maybe take Art Tatum's left hand and Jocko Pastorius's bass play I don't know anyway he's he's badass in every sense of the word Johnny's best known for being a member of the Allman Brothers band he was recruited by Dickie Betts and then brought in by Greg Allman tells you what a badass he is he's also a great singer songwriter harmonica player producer I've worked on many many projects with johnny we were in a band called the grease factor together he's been on three of my four solo records played a huge part on that johnny's unique in the sense that um he's he's been blind since birth i think the story is when you were a premature baby in the 50s 
they used to put pure oxygen into the, um, the little baby crib bubble thing, and that's what happened to his eyes. And we'll talk about that, how it's been um, part of his, his musical makeup. I mean, maybe actually enhance some things. He's got ridiculously great ears. You're listening to a track from his record called Late Night Breakfast. He's got all kinds of great music. I had the pleasure of working on this with him. Check out his music, man. Anyway, enough yapping. I went to Nashville, February, I think it was. Go over to Johnny's studio, sit down and do this. And we had a great time, as you'll hear. Piano maybe was a little out of tune, Johnny, but that's okay. My guitar was too. Love you anyway. Hope you guys will enjoy this. Here we go. Oh yeah, it's gonna be good. <laughs> Remember this? What key was that in? A. How's it start? Just guitar. Just you. you. One. One. Go ahead. Two. One. I want to. Uh, 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 Thank you. 
Yeah, Johnny. Well, tuning is optional. It's got that natural chorus. Of course it does, doesn't it? Like, yeah, like, I haven't played uh, like, that song in like 15 years, Johnny. Well, that's why I didn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, hey, I am sitting here in Nashville or in the whereabouts of Nashville, Tennessee with, with man, I can truly say this, one of my soulmates and old friends, Johnny Neal. Hey, baby. Johnny Neal. I like that soulmate stuff. Right? Yeah. We've been we've been clicking together a long time, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been really wanting to have you on here for Well, for a I while. appreciate you doing that, you know, because I've been wanting to be on here about as long as you want me to be on here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now. Have you ever actually heard an episode? You, you no, listen to this no. one. No. Now, you keep telling me about it, but I'm not good at that. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm a, uh, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I well, ain't going to lie to you now, you know. Well, I'll have, you know, I've got like the background info and, and uh, the, all the stats and stuff on you. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this know who you are already. But, um, you know, man, there's a several layers of your story I could go to. Oh. Yeah, hopefully we can get through a lot of stuff. But, man, I want to just say briefly how I met you. It was... um in the early 90s, and I had a guitar student, a shout-out to this guy, Carl Donahue, and he was from Australia, and he was a huge Almond Brothers fan. And I don't know if you remember this, Johnny. He he actually drove my crappy car up from Atlanta and drove it up to Nashville and went to some, like, state fair or something, and you happened to be there, Tennessee State Fair, and he walked up to you and said, are you Johnny Neal? And he said, yep. You can come over to the house and hang later. So... He met you, like, and he just couldn't believe it because he was a huge Almond Brothers fan. And uh, a couple weeks later, I ended up in Nashville, and he introduced me to you. And I was so nervous and green, man, and you you gave me advice. I'll never forget. You said, well, as long as you play a little C&W, you would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember that. I remember we yeah, – <laughs> you. Uh, what was the funny part was uh, I played the Bluebird the night you came. Wow, you got a good memory. Yeah, man. and Jack Pearson was playing, and mm-hmm. and I had, but you know, we were just a jamming crazy, and that was, uh, welcome to Nashville. <laughs> that was Halloween or something. Yeah, yeah, it was Jack, like, yeah. I remember Jack. He he pulled yeah. out a slide and starts playing like Sonny Stitt with a slide. And, I know exactly. And I said, uh, man, that's a great tone, you know, out of that Yamaha Solid State amp. And well, it's gonna get a Mesa boogie, but that's. Pretty, pretty good. I said, man, that's a pretty amazing. <laughs> I thought, man, I must have come to the wrong town if everybody sounds like this, you know. But luckily, sure. you know, there's not. Oh, yeah. But uh, we'll get into all that, man. And um, and uh, not long after that, I went to your house. I remember going to your house once, and you said, come downstairs, let's listen to some music. I brought over a tape to show you. That's how long it was. And it was. I remember you saying, just come downstairs. And I almost busted my ass falling over because <laughs> it was pitch black. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was the world of Johnny Neal, you know. Slipping in the darkness. For me, personally, been working with you, getting to hook up with you, it was a major, major, it was a game changer for me, man. That was oh, a I appreciate that. game-changing <laughs> moment. Like, you know, you learn all this stuff at school, and you play with people and stuff, but then to work with somebody, it, it was a good gig at the, especially at the time, man. Like, you had, tell me the guitar players that were in your band. You had Brent Mason. Oh, Jack Pearson. Yeah, and then Pat Bergerson. And then I came in. And then you came that. in, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh yeah, and then we got shamed. <laughs> yes, well, we did. Well, you gave me the, the break to do it, man. That was uh 
you know, and it was that was, I, well, was I, still some of my funnest musical moments, man, playing, you know. Well, you know, the thing is, I, I don't mind knowing what I'm doing, but not too much, you know. <laughs> I like to keep that sort of, I don't know, you know, it's like a, it, improvisation, but it's just even looser than that in your head. You know, I just kind of, here I go, and then I go into some zone. Sometimes, like I'll be making up lyrics on stage, and I and I thank God we recorded it because I don't remember what I said. Like oh, yeah. two minutes later, stream of consciousness. That, is that what it is? Yeah. Good God! After all these years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's like woof. But yeah, that that's one of the things I learned from you, Johnny, was watching you the spontaneity. How you would always give me shit in the studio if I tried to do something more than twice. <laughs> You know, yeah. you, you know all the all the session things you got me on, and and um, and I can also say you're the only guest so far, man. You've been on every one of my solo records except for the latest one, which is just trio. But man, you played a huge part on all my shit. You know, like I, it was like the glue, man, for me. Well, that's the B three, man. You you know that's what it is. Yeah, man. You know, super glue. Super glue. Yeah. Remember that guy said <laughs> you were on a session one time. The guy said. Man, I love the way you play that B fifty three. I was like, I'll never forget that. I didn't know what to say. Oh, that's a bomb, baby. I didn't. I was like, what did he just say? And I laughed. I, I shouldn't have laughed. Wasn't that a bomber? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. It's like, yeah, that's a B fifty two, but still, I'm one up on it. That was uh, some of the history, and then we played together in uh, a, a short-lived footnote and jam band history called the Grease Factor. Yeah, I, I stole that. We stole that name from your first uh, second solo. Record. Was and that second was, one? Yeah. yeah, it was Jeff Sipe and Countin' Butu oh, and Derek Jones and, and Neil Fountain for a while on bass, and you, Johnny. Yeah, that until was... one day the Count and Butu percussionists couldn't make it, and you said, "I say we just discount this band." <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, do it without count. Let's just discount it. But. Well, that you know the thing was we we never had any songs, and then the more we played, the more we learned, and that mm -hmm. made it not as cool. You know, we didn't have any songs ever. And then then when we got to playing, that maybe by six eight months or something, you know, then it was while we weren't jamming. Right, because then we like what we did, so let's do that again. Well, that, that wasn't what initially we were doing. You know, it was right. like I, don't, I remember the first gig up in Nashville it was all snowy and stuff, and 
We played the gig. And, Derek Trucks was there with yeah. his whole band. Yes, he was. Right? They yes, were sitting he was. The and, then, and They were like the only people there. But that's yeah, right. <laughs> well, with an audience. Hey, you know. And then, so Calc says, man, where y'all, where y'all get them charts at? I said, hey, I got, there ain't no charts. It's just the way it come out. And he, he never, he didn't believe it until about the third gig. And yeah. then, then he realized we were making it up. And I think that's probably musically the most fun because we we would just go places and I didn't even change keys and all of a sudden Jeff's like wanted to go to Cuba and we'd go over there with him oh, and yeah. he would go over there in a heartbeat. Any any counterpoint that anybody did, that that's it. You know, all of a sudden we'd be in three four somewhere, you know? And it I was, thought that was really amazing. Had to hang on. We 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 were actually doing pretty good and then we were getting on some good uh little festivals yeah. and things, you know. And yes we were. It was just Kind of too much to keep it together, you know, with the demographics and everybody living different places. But, yeah, you know, it was uh, it was fun. I, even though I'm not, I got to say on the record, I'm not crazy about that. that the record stuff we, we used, yeah. yeah well, I think we there had were some better shows, but well, it was, there was. Whatever. But that, by the time we looked through what we had, I bet sixty anyway, sixty shows recorded. Pro- and they're, they're exi- they yeah. exist somewhere. Yeah, I got them. Oh, you have them. I now. think I got them. Okay. Yeah, right over there in the, in the thing. Now that mixing console out there, uh, right when you walk in the door, is that the same console was on the road? Yeah, it looks that's what awfully we used. Familiar. Yeah, man, it's a pulpit, man. Yeah, it's the a pulpit, pulpit, I say. <laughs> a totem pole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it was. It's that's it right there. I kept it. Boy, that thing has seen some miles. Whoo! Yeah. yeah, right before right after I, we had that made. Guess what? Laptop came out. Just. Yeah. Pew. Yeah. Okay, there you go, exactly. Neely. Well, how's exactly. your timing on that one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, okay, we got it. stuff i don't really know about you as long as i've known you which is over 20 years and all the stuff we've done together but you know why don't you tell me a little bit you're you're from um delaware right originally yeah delaware. newcastle newcastle wilmington right that vicinity and uh you know uh i was i was a wild thing i i uh my brother had a band and then i I kind of got in there with it, but I had a record deal when I was 12 years old and didn't know nothing about it, didn't know what I was doing. But I fell into it pretty good. And, 
And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much you know how I really started playing music. But I did I learned music uh, how to play piano by doing this. You go up the up the black keys. Yeah. So I didn't play in C for probably three or four years. I'd be like be natural and yeah. that's sharp. Yeah, Ooh. I love it. it was, yeah. it, all guitar players hated me. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> yeah, they, you know, because I, then I started doing E flat. Well, see them, those uh, um, F sharp and such. That they're easy to sing to in. They're easy yeah. to sing in for some reason. I think Stevie Wonder said that once, and I checked it out that he was right. Uh, but I don't. You know, it was just funny. You know, uh, I, well, back in you know when, when I was twelve, you know, I didn't know the difference. Yeah, I just fell upon that little thing, with the, that thing, and uh, and then I didn't play like I said, probably three, four years till I played on the white keys. Yeah. I didn't like it. I couldn't. Yeah. I, was, I don't like that. Yeah, but I got used to it. <laughs> you know, but it's like that's how I learned how to play. Wow, I didn't. Know I mean, that. you know, listening to other people. Once I got it, it was like, oh, let me. And then in blind school, boy, they all played good. Jeez, my knees. They had piano players and uh, either tuned them or played them. So that was the big thing, you know, in blind school. They were good, too. They had a they had a heck of a jazz band down really? there. Yeah, they were, you know, we were like 15 years old, and they were just kicking. Was there a particular teacher that you remember? Like yeah, somebody, uh, one person? That Mr. Clayton. Okay. Yeah, he was the dude. Bob Woogie used to say, "You better get it right, Bob Woogie." I said, "What Bob Woogie? I love Bob Woogie. Yeah, Bob Woogie." But he was, yeah, he was actually. Oh, they had some good players. I mean, you know. See, I think everybody's had a, a Bill, a Bill, Mr. Clayton in their life. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah. At some point, it's a, it's a big thing. Like no matter who you talk to, if they're not a trained musician, there's somebody along the way that said, "Hey, you know what? You do this. Don't do that." You know? Oh yeah, the the thing that. Um, that he told me, I used to play octaves like in here all the time, yeah. you know, the bass. Yeah. He said, not get, lay off on octaves, man. That's, that sounds corny. So then I played fifths. Sorry about the tuning. Uh, I played <laughs> fifths, and it just widened my whole... And then I realized that voices are really the secret of uh, a music, like the whole chord thing is really cool. You know, it's like yeah. guys like Robin Ford who play the chord stuff, you know? Yeah. I just love that. So I mean, you can just move one finger, your whole life changes. You okay, know, like give me a give me an example. Well, like uh, like that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. George Sherry used to yeah. the octave thing, and the, oh, if yeah. you so yeah. you know, it's like that. I got cooked on that. This. Uh, you know, like that, uh -huh. but then there's this in the middle. Oh, yeah. So, you know, but, you know, if I ever want to get my butt kicked, I just put on some Oscar Peterson and some Art Tatum, and I realize, uh, you know, you better calm down, son. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, I love that, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, guitar does that. Yeah, that kind of yeah, weird octave exactly. thing. yeah. I love that. The piano is so much more dense, man, with the harmony. It's like so much well, more. Well, it's, it's, it's it. You know, you got, more, you got more A notes than I got. Yeah, well. I mean, they're the same thing. Well, it's a good thing I'm not interviewing Keith Jarrett today. He would have left by now. Shit's so out of tune. <laughs> no, oh, he good. probably would No, it's good, man. Why? <laughs> anyway, no, John, I'm just joking. But, well, that's um, okay. I realize what the deal is. I'm just joking. I'm just... I just wanted to use that little joke in there. <laughs> <laughs>
I remember seeing some old records over at your house with you know you and Randy Coleman, who's a friend, and and um, was that the, was that the first the last word or was that just no that first? was just uh, that was just uh, the Johnny Neal band that's you know up on the East Coast, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, we did a lot of stuff up in New England, you know. Uh, believe it or not, we did a lot of stuff in Maine. I, I don't know what happened. I never got to New York. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I never got to you New just York. Kept going further north. Yeah, let's skip uh, over New York. This word came about uh, when I moved to Nashville, and uh, and uh, I, I think I had. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny about that time period with all the different stuff I was doing. I can't really say I know the timeline the way I should, but there was the, there was the last word, and then I was working with Dickie Betts. Now, did when you moved to Nashville, did you already have the Almond Brothers gig? No. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Nah. So that that all came so that, after you. I think he best heard me play slide on the keyboard. Yes, and he. I uh, wish you had your thing set up. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that. Johnny had a patch on his. Uh, well, last time I saw you using that old Insonic thing. Yeah, patch set up that sounded like the baddest ass slide guitar player. <laughs> really yeah. hip, you know. Aww. You know, well, it was good. That that's how the whole Almond Brothers thing came mm-hmm. about. Yeah, you faking a slide guitar. Yeah, it's now so I, ironic that it's actually the Almond Brothers too. You replaying a fake slide guitar. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I know. But then I, you know, I had sang, and but you know, the funny thing was, I, I really got to realize that when me and Dickie would play uh, unison lines, I I thought I was doing it right, and then I realized, like. Well, you know, you're not doing it right because you got to do what he does. Actually, bend mm-hmm. it the way they bend it up. The string, you know how you guitar players, you bend the same thing. You pick it up, pick yeah. it down. Yeah. Ow, sorry. And that was, I had to pay attention to that. So I made it not quite as much fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> because I was just playing by myself. But then I got into it, and uh, yeah, that was good. Dicky, uh, Dicky had a style. That uh, obviously and he was very gracious, you know, uh, when we you know, started out and still is. But I'm just saying, like that was some really. I never paid attention. I didn't think it was going to be that intense, you know. Right. Because you know, I just blow through it most of the time, and I couldn't do that with him. <laughs> you know, and I was glad though. I was glad, you know, because it, it taught me a lot of stuff. Yeah.
So from Dicky, then you, then he turned you on to Greg Allman and turned Greg on to you and and uh, yeah, it was yeah. And I had known I had known the Tollers, you know, Danny Toller, Frankie yeah, Toller yeah, through yeah, uh, through, through Dicky. See, they you know they were with Dicky before they were with Greg. So mm-hmm. was I. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like a history repeating itself, I guess. But you know, then I then I remember I was in Seattle and Dicky just he wanted to go home. He didn't like what, the way things were going, and so. I flew from Seattle all the way to Sarasota, and then the next day I would play with Greg. Wow. Yeah, and that was like, whew, that was a long flight, man. But uh, so then I played with Greg, and then I, then that, that went into, uh, you know, the Allman Brothers reunion. And uh, The record was called yeah. Reunion, right? No, the, no, that was just a tour. Okay. The record was called uh, Seven Turns oh, seven that turns. we got it's into after that. Seven Turns standing up on, on yeah. the head, so... I think. Some, yeah. <laughs> I think so that's I've it. been told. That was cool, uh, and then you know uh, we went. We, you know things happened, and then uh, I went off. And then that's when the last word came in. Okay. After that, and uh, because I remember asking Warren Haynes, "I need a slide player." I said, "He's like, you got to call Jack Pearson." See, and uh, I forgot about Jack. You know, I don't know what happened. There was a little like time span where I'm not sure what happened first. Everything was happening fast, you know. Well, let's go back to almonds. Is it true? You don't have to talk about this if you want, but I'm going to ask you because I think you told me this one time that that Dickie got really pissed off at you because you reharmonized Jessica. Yeah, that and uh, <laughs> so that actually yeah, that happened. happened. But and then we got into a closet and <laughs> oh yeah, you got in a fight. But, kind of, but it was well, it sounds worse than it is. But yeah. you know, I just. Uh, I had I just like to try stuff. I think I thought the Allman Brothers jammed more than they did, so I was right. I'm going on the edge. Right. I'm going after. I'm going after. Which is you know what I thought. And then when I realized that wasn't true, it took me a little while to kind of regroup. I was like, oh really? Oh shit! You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I just right. uh, you know I think another thing he didn't like was I, <laughs> I would do a solo, and then I'd have the crowd sing after me. He says. This ain't no Cab Calloway show. <laughs> you get the I, house on everything, I said, too. Okay, I got you. Lou. You remember we went to the Beacon that time backstage and you sat in? We, 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 you sat, well, you sat in so many times, but Warren got you on stage to sit. We were up there with the Grease Factor and you sat in with uh, um, Allman Brothers, man. That was killing. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember that was, being up there with you guys, mm-hmm, but I don't. I guess yeah. I sat in, but I can't swear to you, Shane. I'm not I remember because you had a stain on your shirt and you were so concerned with it. Well, I wasn't prepared to sit in, and and when you just stood up and like raised your arms up, you got house. Everybody was clapping. You had the stain on your shirt. It's funny. Yeah, then why would a blind guy worry about a stain? <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. How would you reharmonize Jessica? I, I don't know much about Alma Brothers. Oh, what is it? 
I would go. I would, I would do that part, but then I'd. <laughs> yeah, so I would do that thing. Thank you, says, I, I don't know what to play. Now, why would he get pissed? <laughs> well, cause, I well, actually, I, well, I know, because me you and you think to... different. Well, yes, I like, <laughs> It's like, <laughs> but see, so I don't know what to play. I said, well, don't play. That wasn't a good idea, Johnny. Not a good idea at all, pal. So, you know, it's like, whew. Oh, man. But, you know, that whole, I think the thing I really liked about the whole thing was the two drummers. That was like, whoo. Yeah. Man, and, you know, I just see J-Mo uh, on this cruise, Southern Rock cruise that we did. Man, he, I tell you, that dude, he is like the Elvin Jones a Southern Rock, man. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, got the, yeah. he's got the, you know, the flood. Like, you know, they had the one solid cat. And then, they hear, you hear this like, I said, what the hell was that? You know, it's a jam over there, putting rolls yeah. in and, and just making all these cool noises. And and I just thought, man, that is a cool place to be. <laughs> I remember one of the uh, jam session one time in Buckhead, somewhere down in Atlanta. He said, come on, we, we're going to go to this jam. We got like, to me, and I think it was, Paul Jackson and Jamo, we were the, the the rhythm section, and they had five horn players. Well, I thought, oh man, this here we go. You know, you know how they can get Dixieland or nothing. Yeah. So yeah, then, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We we were way out there. I'm just going to tell you, we was in the, some kind of land, uh, and I must have hit on something. Next thing I know, there's five horn players. But they do they they're all in unison. They're jumping on your line. Or I something. went, damn. So I like this. Then off we went, and then they come up with another thing. They nail it. I was like, Jesus! I thought this was like a jam session. <laughs> I mean, it was, but it was intense. Yeah, yeah. it was really cool. Well, you were, you know, you're a really rhythmic player. I mean, you have all this harmonic shit. It's beautiful, man. I've I've heard you do things that are not supposed to work. You know, like I've heard you do solo piano things and sing and do the same tune like uh, Society Hill. Oh, you know, yeah. I heard you come out of that song, and I'm thinking, nah, how's he going to resolve? Damn, how did he do that? That's not <laughs> yeah. supposed to work. Wow, it just did. You know, so I, I learned so much, man, from listening to you. And also your rhythmic thing, is your rhythmic thing and your bass lines, man, your left hand. I remember one time you did a gig. It was three keyboard players. It was you, Joe Wooten, and Reese Wine, and maybe somebody else. And, man, you played this bass line shit. It just killed everybody, man. Uh-huh. Just the just the left hand was. I had I was sitting in the audience with a couple of great bass players. Like, wow, the bass line. It was like Jocko, you know. I mean, could you give me like some? I don't know. Give me examples, some stuff. What, what, just, oh, it was just, well. Just, what what I had a lot to do with it was the setting had like a chorus and it had a snap, like ping, 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 ping yeah. hit it hard. So it'd be hard to do it on the piano, but yeah. you know, because that chorus and that wheel. You know, with, you, know, I know. you can bend it. It, it, it probably won't transfer. It won't transfer. Do that, but I get what you're saying because it was a, oh, it was a cool patch. The, it was it, more than the patch. It was the lines. And well, stuff. I know, but I mean, if I, I see that sounds funny, but that's what I would do. You bend it down, yeah, you know. Yeah. The, and then, I used to, I loved the wheel. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people didn't like me using it, but Warren didn't like it, to be honest with you. He didn't like it. And I got to tell you a funny story about the wheel. 
So we're talking working, about pitch wheel for those. Yeah, that pitch don't, wheel. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah so I was working with Lonnie Mack. He's a blues player. You know, pretty cool. Uh, Steve. Well, he was really good, but he had a style. And so uh, we were at Buddy Guy's place, and so I remember he had a bottle of cognac. I said, hey, Lonnie, let me have some of that cognac. He goes, I tell you what, you quit doing that bendy shit, and I'll give you the whole bottle. <laughs> Please stop, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was working, but it's like they wanted a the keyboard player. That was something I had to be careful with. Because I, I, I'm a, I think playing keyboards, when you put a setting on, it's like character acting. Yeah. You put a horn, you can't play a rent. They can't play that on a horn setting. You know, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, you know what I'm saying? So, it was hard for me. Like, and I, I always wanted to try stuff, and I used to get in trouble a little bit, you know, cause with the wheel. The wheel <laughs> was, uh, yeah. The wheel of fortune. Wheel, <laughs> wheel of disfortune. Disfortune. <laughs> playing with you at the Sutler years and years ago in Nashville and Lonnie Mack was there and he came up to me and he said you know you're using that distortion box and you need to turn up louder because if you use a distortion box it, it kills your your volume level and it turns it doesn't cut I remember he told me that and he really? was right yeah he was that's right. cool yeah yeah I remember another time I played with you and remember the guys from Bad Company showed up? Oh, yeah, that was Third and Leslie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the guitar player walked up and I said, uh, he goes, which one is a distortion? And I had this little tube screamer. <laughs> I said, this one. He goes, turn it all the way up. And I handed him my guitar and I said, are you Mick Ralphs? And he goes, Mick's going through a rather messy divorce at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's funny. Well, we had some good times, man. Yeah, that's... Who, somebody played sax on that gig, too. Was, who knows, man? It was I, so long ago. I know, but boy, he was good, whoever it was. Yeah. We had some good improvisational moments, We pal. had some amazing... I, I, I always... You know, I was on another podcast, a um, podcast called Guitar Wank, which is really great, man. And I talked about you, and, you know, I told him about... You know, I said, man... This cat, like, was that was the turning point because I it made me more confident as a player. Like, you gave me so many, you, you just, you knew how to, felt good. Like, I was stepping into some big shoes, but you're like, man, you got your own thing. Just keep doing it. And I, I could have never been ready for some of these other gigs if I hadn't played with you, man. Well, I, mean, I just learned about parts and everything. Yeah, yeah, well, that, here's the funny thing. Uh, we were at the Sutler Club. I used to play a lot. And... and 
you know, you were playing good, but you were like, I could hear you thinking about it, you know. And, and then one night, this I'll never forget this, one night, it was like, bam, everything just fell right in, right? I said, oh, boy, there he goes. Yeah, he's cooking now. He's on a roll. And I said to my wife, Christy, I said, yeah, I don't think he's going to be around too much longer. Because once you hit that thing, I knew, oh, man, somebody's going to pick up on this shit, man. He's cook He's cooking. And, oh, uh, well. and then next week you went with the Devil Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I said, well. he'll never leave. I said, no, he, he don't matter for you. I said, he's not, man, that one night, it's just all, I, I was proud to be a part of that because oh, man, it was well, like, it man, was... you just, it all just boom. And I went, okay. Well, working we... with you, man, gave me a little clout in town. You know, it was like, oh, well, you can, all right, well, you can deal then if you're playing with Johnny because you're, you're, you know, respected. And that was a, that was a slamming band, man. I've been murdered by love, by love, by love, I've been murdered by Man, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I'm not trying to do this because it's my solo record, but there's a funny story. It's uh, my, my solo record called Dirty Power, okay? Johnny was, a, as usual, such a big part of that. Um, but it's a special record because Richie Hayward from Little Feet, who's a drummer, rest his soul, it was one of his last recording sessions. And, excuse me, we did it at Johnny's studio, and I, Richie and I actually flew together to nashville and stayed at your place and we recorded for three days two or three days yeah yeah that was a really special oh time. yeah i listened to that more than you i i mean like every month or so i gotta pull that out of that, they have some good instrumentals we wrote like what seven tunes something i'm still i still yeah. have some other stuff like in the can i never finished you know that richie i remember him not crazy about but maybe at some point yeah you know? yeah well hey we got just the fact that he was he's Say to my wife, said, what, what, "What's Johnny think, man? I don't, you know what? He could have just done anything. I, I was yeah. so, I was so into that whole feel he had. I didn't give a shit what he did. He was such a sweet guy. He was, man. man. I'm telling you, he could do that thing where it was in between, like straight and, and you know, it's like almost like an old Earl Palmer New Orleans thing, where it's like straight and swung at the same time, like that kind of."
like, like, yeah, that image. Well, I like them old little Richard records. Had the band be doing this, like you, and the other big. Yeah, yeah. And it would just create this, like, and the drummer's going. Yeah, yeah. It's like I felt. I'm how do you know which way to go? You know, it's like I got to lean on one side of it. an LA version of that you know yeah it was yeah. just a Topanga Canyon version of that of an Earl Palmer thing you know but he was a, such a sweet dude and there was a tune on there called Memphis which I had you overdub we were actually on the road me and you in a van in a van and I had my Pro Tools rig and I said Johnny just improvise some shit on this and you came up with all this like CB truck driver stuff played harp on it that was done in a moving minivan oh yeah <laughs> Talk about mobile recording, you know. That, that's uh, yeah. I had my bullet, and you plugged it right yeah. into the thing. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, well, this ain't gonna work, you know. But it did. I got you. I'm coming down, good buddy. Ten four to the whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. Ten four to the power three. <laughs> <laughs> you a serious question do you think uh, a person that you know is blind since birth like you has a has a sort of an advantage in the auditory department like you think other senses sort of rise to the occasion with one being you know sort of uh, well, uh shut off well, and that's then... interesting. well i think i think the vision uh, if you're blind from the, the initial uh introduction to music i think we we don't have the visual distraction right so that means like well, i don't care what's going on around me i could be in a hurricane or something but you know i mean it's like I, it's not really like you're gifted as much as well you, i mean you're gifted but um, you know some people say well you're blind you got to hear twice as good as me and i go well now if you were blind for about three days you'd be hearing a lot more because it's just like a muscle I see. The memory, it's a muscle thing. Like, you know, uh, if you listen to rain falling on the street, it sounds like a steak frying. Wow. Like those... You start it, to... to uh, yeah, it's it just you get stronger and better. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're talented, you're talented. I, I, thank God I happen to be sort of... But, you know, it, it's really not about... I think it's easier for me to focus without seeing. 
You know what I'm saying? Because sure. I'm just in the piano. I'm just in that place. Then I zone out, and I don't know what happens. But you know, I, I, it's, it's really cool. That's, well, I've read that Edison actually, uh, Thomas Edison said he, you know, he was deaf in one ear, and I think really? it was, I think it was a train conductor hit him when he was a kid, and because uh, he was a paper boy or something. But he said it was actually an advantage because he, it helped him to concentrate more, being deaf. Wow. You know, I mean, Brian Wilson's deaf in one ear. He, he yeah, think yeah. about this: you make pet, pet sounds that you can only ever hear it in mono. Ooh, you know? but they have a lot of panning on that thing. Yeah, <laughs> some heavy panning. You know, but you know who else was deaf in one ear and 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 uh, oh, he was blind in one eye and one of his ears was, was I think was Owen Bradley. Wow. And he, the doctor said, "What would you rather lose, your sight or your hearing?" He said, "My sight." Really? Oh, yeah. I said, well, I, I get that, but I'm blind already. But I, yeah. I can see why. Because if I couldn't hear, it would be it would be devastating. I yeah. mean, because I wouldn't have my music. Right, for you especially. Which is, yeah. uh, you know, really important to me and, and, and you know, would be to most people, you know. But, yeah, that, that was, uh, I would rather, I, I, I couldn't stand it if I was deaf. That would be, not be cool. Man, you know, one night we played in... Um, Arkansas with Grease Factor. I don't know if you remember this, but um, it really hit me, man. I was I was complaining. I wanted to get back to the hotel, and it was Fourth of July. I'll never forget this story, serious story. And uh, it was Fourth of July. We finished the gig, and I, I don't know. I just wanted to get back to the hotel, and you wanted to hang out, and you were hanging out with some friends, and we were on the same ride together or something. And I was walking you across this parking lot, and all these fireworks started. And I kept pulling you, come on, Johnny, Johnny. And you just stopped. He said, hold on, hold on. Now, nah, come on, man, let's go. He said, hold on, hold on. And you grabbed me and said, stop. Hey, man. And these fireworks are going off, all these colors everywhere. And you told me, man, what's that look like? What's that? What's that one? Listen to that. What's that look like? And I just stopped. I said, holy shit. You know what? <laughs> I, I never, I, you just take everything for granted, man. You know, and you, you hear things on a much, much deeper level, but, um, you know, I, I guess, it, how do you explain what green looks like to somebody when there's no reference? I mean, right, no, yeah. Well, what it's that, hard. Yeah. You know, it's well, so abs- and then abstract. It gets to a point where this, you kind of cheat a little bit. I regret, well, what's green? Grass. I mean, whatever. So I know that. You know, but, but you've never really seen no, grass. No, so that's but I pretty deep. It. Yeah. So I guess the color goes from your, your, eye, your, your visual to your hands, you know. It's like Helen Keller when she, when she put water together with what it was and learned how to say the word that that's the same idea you know what i'm saying it's like, right oh, hey you know that's uh that's pretty cool <laughs> now have you do you when you because i kind of hear things sometimes in in colors you know sometimes like tones and and frequencies and things i mean even though you don't per se know what a red blah blah do you do you kind of have that in your head sometimes what what are you thinking when you hit a chord is it is it a feel or is it a you know i don't know how i well you know i think when i i don't know i mean i i think i know what some oh shit i know what some colors are because i think when i was real real young i could my retina was more together so i could see I know what shadows are, you know, and all that when I was like four or five years old. Right. So, but since I was premature and then they put the oxygen, you know, they didn't put a, 
over my eyes, so it burned out the retina. So the retina would come together. Yeah. It would, however, it's, it's be cohesive every once in a while. So I do have kind of an idea. I, like I could see the sun for a while. Wow. But I mean, it wasn't like I couldn't see, but right. I couldn't like utilize it. But uh, so I think I think I hear stuff. Like one of my favorite things is that you know how when you're falling asleep and you get that kind of light show going, like if you rub your eyes or something and you, you and you see all the little uh, yeah, kind of yeah. yeah, that's what I like that. Wow, wow, <laughs> you know it's cool yeah. to me. Like oh, they look at that, but yeah. I ain't looking. But it's right. just the something that happens you know right yeah well you know since i've been doing this podcast i'll give a shout out to a a really really good friend of yours and a friend of mine doug jones dougie fresh yeah if you're listening he called me one day and and uh and and unlike johnny correct me if i'm wrong johnny but i think doug lost his sight when he was 28 or something yeah glaucoma so that's a whole different deal man when you're uh you know you've already been you know, acclimated in the world for 28 years and all of a sudden that whole thing is gone. But he, he told me, he's like, man, I listen to your podcast, man. And you, you know, you don't understand how great it is. You know, it's like having guitar player magazine, you know, for a blind person, you know, I can listen there and listen to stories and hear people. So it's, it's, it made me just, it just made me think, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing. So anyway, yeah, there it you is go. a cool thing. Keep yeah. it up. Well, we'll see. <laughs> no, yeah, but, but. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, yeah, I think I, I think I would rather be blind all the time than have had it and lost it. Yeah, I think that'd be a little tougher because I yeah. don't know what I'm missing. Right, right. So it's it's a little bit more easier for me to to deal with it. But yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying? Right, like right. you know, like he, but he he did know it was coming, so it wasn't like bam. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. you know, it wasn't like you know, you right. you're blind, but right. but still, you know, it's a thing, you know. Everybody wants a piece of the pie Cross your teeth and dot their minds Just to try to make a good impression Do whatever it takes to be first in line You better cover your ass if you're so inclined Cause pain knows no discretion With the wine and the laughter and the stop Do whatever it takes to stay on top Oh, society here They think that time stands still So they bend the laws for their own cause they're moving for the kill There ain't no right or wrong Long as you get the job done It's cold up there on Society Hill Well, let's, uh, let's change topics here because all the great guitar players you've had in your in your band and and also great guitar players you've worked with man i mean just you know jack and brent mason and you know pat and uh warren haynes i mean in um 
you want to talk about anything like that? I mean, any stories uh, that come to mind? Well, what, what do you like about certain guitar players? What, I know you don't like delay. I remember you never liked it if I used the delay. Well, not a lot. Yeah, because it puts you in a different room than I'm in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Ah, and you should be able to do that with your hands. But I, I tell you what about Brent Mason. Jesus, I got to tell you. We'd be doing a session, you know. It's one of these. And, and then in between the takes, man. He would, we, we would go off into some stuff. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> he is out. I mean, he yeah. is so good. The, <laughs> I mean, then they'd have to, hey, y'all, calm down out there. Oh, okay, man. All right. I mean, <laughs> I can't even explain how he yeah, does that. Yeah, he's great, man. He, he actually, I talked to him yesterday. He's going to be a guest um, on the podcast next week. But guess what? He got a recording session call. Um, he had a day. He's like, come over, you know, Monday at 11. I said, okay. And I'm thinking, hmm. That's a week away, man. You might get a cough or something. Sure enough. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get him on here at some point. You know, we've we played together a few times. He's a, he's a Oh, he's, great, I got to tell you, I don't know what, I mean, I know the chords, but I don't know why he puts those chords together like that. Like, well, what is that? Well, he's playing yeah. with finger picks, too, so that's a whole, oh. it adds a whole nother level of, uh, of uh, you know, deadli deadliness to the stealth, to the, uh, to yeah. the technique. You know, you're like, oh, all right, you got that, too. It's yeah. like turbocharged. <laughs> he, I mean, when he was in my first band I had down here. Yeah. With me and him and Monty Wilson and uh, Dave Pomeroy, which is a... Uh, uh, pretty prominent now they're all hey, he's the president of the union yeah, now. Is. is Pomeroy still the president yes, yeah he is. let me yes, grab my I just, anyway yeah so uh brent and then uh and jack man I, I watched you record that record called uh coming at you live yeah i was there for those sessions oh, i was sitting right there because i you know i, I remember i was when i was starting to hang out with you and i, I watched jack record that record they, i think he did three nights at the sutler right we're used two. two okay yeah yeah man i remember that Somebody told me we're gonna rock it tonight. God, like two, uh, I've actually two. taken a few lessons from one harmonica. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Oh, he tried to teach me that overblow thing. Well, I, you played harmonica. Well, I, I used to, yeah. I used to, yeah. I'm bluesy stuff with that guy, man. He does the beat. Well, he blows a chromatic with a straight harp, right? Yeah, that's what I love. I just, yeah. How are you doing that? You know, like I got the blues thing down, the cross harp, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to play on a couple songs I wrote and, uh, with a friend of mine, and boy, they were nice, jazzy, you know. Didn't be, 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 be,
get that. He get that. I don't know how to put it, but yeah, but but he do all this stuff. I'm like, well, that's a straight heart, man. You're supposed to be able to get yeah, that nose out gonna, of there. You're gonna break it. Quit doing you know, that. Yeah, you gonna, gonna bust that thing. You gonna bust it. <laughs> you Why don't you talk about Blue Floyd for a minute? Because you oh. that band Blue Floyd that you had with. Um, yeah, that was well. That was wild. I, Alan Woody. I was like the the guy that initially wanted to use. Uh, I forgot his name. Eddie from my Black Rose. I can't remember his name, but he was supposed to do it, and I think they had a problem with it, so they called me. And uh, I I gotta tell you, you know, not I I liked Pink Floyd, but it wasn't really my yeah my my main stay, if you know what I'm saying, but. So when he took the Pink Floyd music and put blues in it, oh, I was all over that. Oh, right. but I can mess this up. Yeah, right, right. Let me mess this up for you. And, uh, you know, we do money and, and uh, just do it like green onions. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, here's the gas, and then we go. And we would do that in the instrumental part, but we straightened it out, and that was funny. You don't see me trying to learn them words when it wasn't in uh, the off time. Whew, that was tough. But that was fun. I got to work with the, well, Matt Apps and, and Alan Woody was playing guitar. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was playing guitar. Yeah, he was playing guitar. And then Barry Oakley Jr. Mm -hmm. playing bass. Mm -hmm. And Mark Ford. Yeah. And then you got into it. Yeah, uh, with Oddly. Yeah, with Oddly. Yeah, and Jeff and then uh, Alvin Youngblood. What's that guy's name? Alvin? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Alvin Youngblood. Young yeah. yeah. He was in it yeah. for a while. I had three guitar players up there for a minute. Oh yeah, man! It's like uh, like a blue oyster cult or something. Judas <laughs> Priest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got that was a little nerve wracking for me, but that's okay. But uh, oh yeah, there was one guy. Oh shit, Steve Pivar. Jeff Pivar. Jeff Pivar. Yeah. yeah, he was he was in it for a yeah, while. I remember that. Yeah. Well, but, to, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was like, we used to call him the Inner Weaver. Because he would want to, let me interweave like your solo. I said, well, I'm doing a solo. Well, I'm going to interweave. I said, man, this ain't no sewing class. But he was great. After the gig, there'd be like baskets everywhere. What, what happened here? Well, was, was inter, interweaving everything. Yeah, that's what they tell well, Blind people, what's they all, tell them. You learn how to make baskets. What's all these carpets doing here? Well, we wove everything. Hey, um... Uh, what was I going to ask you? Remember we cut that stuff with Matt? We cut like three songs. We did like a Coltrane tune and me, you, and Matt Abs. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the same. We had that X2 thing where it was just me and him. Yeah. And then we bring guitar players in. As With that, something, I don't know what happened with that. It kind of lost momentum. Yeah. I did one with three with Jack, three with you, three with uh, Steve Bishop, who's since passed. I think that was his name. You got to find that stuff, man. I got it. I got it. You got it? I got it. That was on two inch probably, yeah. right? Well, that, the, yeah, as far as transferring, I, I have people promise me, I'll, I'll come over and help you transfer. And what, 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 then a year later, I'm going, well, where'd that guy go? <laughs> they changed the bus route already. You're trying to transfer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yourself a new job, get more, more, more pay. Jump down the money, it's in gas. 
Take both fan stuff, grub, grub in a little bubble, better get yourself a good stash. It makes that Of course. I have a good time, I swear. <laughs> it's good, man. I, I miss you. I wish you still was down here more, but I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Well, man, I miss you Anywhere too. Anywhere you're going to be, there's going to be some good music. Thank you, Johnny. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this. Ah, thank you, and, Shane. Uh, I love you so much, brother. But... Likewise, bro. Well, I guess we uh, solved all the world's problems, and hopefully <laughs> uh, my recorder recorded everything. So um, I have faith. Yeah, we got to do some recording here, man. Your new studio. I know, man. Anybody I... interested in coming to Nashville and recording, getting a real great producer and great sound? Johnny Neal, straight up sound, Nashville, Tennessee. You got a website <laughs> and all that stuff. Yes, I do. Two E's yeah. and Neal. Let me let me uh, mention that because that throws a lot of people off. You yeah. know, it's uh, the way it is. Yeah, man. Well, well, thank you, son. Thank you, Johnny. All right. <laughs> okay, baby. All right, if you're still listening, thanks for uh, tuning in on this one and hanging in there. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun putting this one together. Check out some of the uh, show notes on the, my website. On this episode, I'll, I'll list a bunch of Johnny's stuff and links and things. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes or left me a little rating or nice comment, I'd appreciate it if you do so. It's all I ask. Till then, take care. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.